Hello, survivalists. This is the Crux True Survival Stories. I'm your host, Casey McIntosh, joined by Julie Henningsen. How are you doing, Julie? Doing great, Casey. I'm excited to be here and hear the story you've got for us today. Oh, well, I have a story that's going to change the way you recreate just a little bit based on where <laughs> you live and where the story takes place because it's right in your backyard. It is in my backyard. Oh, no. I mean, not literally, but pretty darn close. Well, if it's what I think it is, it literally was in my backyard at one point in my life. <laughs> yes. In this episode, we delve into a shocking and rare wildlife encounter that unfolded on the tranquil waters of the Jefferson River in Bozeman, Montana, summer of 2023. Join us as we explore the harrowing story of Jen Royce, a mother of three who is enjoying a peaceful birthday float with friends when the evening took an unexpected and terrifying turn when she was attacked by otters. So Julie, I'm sure you're familiar with the story. Actually, I think you're the one that alerted me to this story in the first place. Yes, I might be. It was big news in these parts and not that long ago. Big news kind of in a lot of places. I yeah. mean, your story went far and wide. It did. I had people texting me from all over the world, actually, who had heard this story. Or were they like, do you know this person? They were like, I'm not coming to Montana anymore. So let's take a moment just to get a feel for the setting of the story, the natural beauty of Jefferson River. Of course, it's nestled in the heart of Montana. The Jefferson River is truly a gem of a river. It's winding its way through the landscape for about 83 miles. This incredible river, along with the Madison River, marks the official beginning of the Missouri River, an iconic water source in the United States. The convergence of these rivers takes place near the Missouri Headwater State Park just adjacent to Three Forks, Montana. One of the most captivating aspects of the Jefferson River is its remarkable geological diversity. There's valleys and narrow canyons. In the not so distant past, the river was sporadically inhabited by Native American communities. And something that was specific to the Jefferson River is that there are multiple different tribes that use this river. Also, the other thing about the Jefferson River is that Lewis and Clark, you know, saw the Jefferson River as part of their famous expedition in 1805. All that to say, Jefferson is an incredibly beautiful river with historical significance. Julie, I'm sure you've spent a lot of time on this river. Yeah, it's a beautiful river. My husband managed a 1600 acre ranch that we lived on, on the Jefferson for a few years, a few years back. So I've lived on the Jefferson. And yeah, it's a pretty special place. Yeah, when I was going to college in Bozeman and just during the summers that I stayed there, a staple was floating the river, floating the Jefferson. It's such an easy float. And there's of course an easy shuttle and the river is wide and beautiful and moves slowly. And of course the views are gorgeous. I really enjoyed floating on the Jefferson. It's typically a very relaxing thing to do most of the time. Yeah, I think of it as a peaceful float through the little canyon there by Lewis and Clark State Park. I've never thought of it as anything but relaxing until recently. Yes. Back to Jen, like I mentioned before, it was her birthday and she and her friends decided to do an evening float. It was August 2nd. It was a peaceful evening. I'm sure it was beautiful. Summer evenings, as you know, Julie, are awesome in Montana because the sun sets so late in the day. I was just curious and I looked up the time that the sun set on August 2nd and it was right around 9 p.m. 
And it also cools off in the evening, so you can really take advantage of the end of the day. You know, if the middle of the day is hot, at least you have those long, cooler summer evenings to look forward to. Yeah, the evenings are incredible, especially earlier in the summer when, you know, it doesn't get dark till after 10 o'clock. It's pretty, pretty nice. In any case, as they're floating along, they visualize some otters, but probably thought nothing of it. Like otters are something they typically see on a river, right? Have you seen otters on the Jefferson before? I don't recall ever seeing otters. I'm sure that they're rampant. Yeah, I've definitely seen otters. I haven't had any close encounters with them, but they're pretty common to spot. This story happens around 8 p.m. Jen's leisurely river excursion turned into a nightmare when all of a sudden one of these otters decided to attack her and it attacked with unexpected and startling viciousness. And for a seemingly endless five minutes, these otherwise docile creatures left Royce with severe injuries to her face, including a torn ear, cuts on her arms, hands, legs, thighs, and one of her ankles. And she was believing in this moment that these moments might be the last that she lived on this earth. Thoughts of her children came to her during that attack, despite her fear and terror. She later told Cowboy and State Daily, quote, but if you can believe it, I had enough time to think of my three kids. I think as a parent, you get that. I thought about them hearing that their mother died by an otter in a river. Like, really? No way was I going to let that happen to them. So I fought as long and as hard as I could. End quote. As this was all going down, Jen saw an otter go after her friends. Royce recounted, I didn't even have a chance to get the words out. There is an otter behind you out of me before it attacked her. Her friends sustained injuries, with one suffering a shredded thumb and numerous bite marks. The situation was exacerbated by the deep river water, which prevented them from finding footholds to kind of brace themselves against the otter attacking them. She said, we were helpless. I tried to kick it away, but I would just get attacked somewhere else. That just sounds awful, especially when you're trying to stay afloat. You can't stand up. You know, hopefully they felt like strong swimmers, but you have enough on your hands just to keep your head above water. Meanwhile, trying to kick off a otter. Right. I mean, on flat land, you'd have the ability to effectively push or kick something away. You have a little bit of leverage, but sitting on an inner tube, there's zero leverage. So I'm sure the fact that these otters move so quickly and the thing happened so fast that it would be hard to react anyway. But I mean, there's really nothing to push against at all. Right. You're definitely like on their turf in that situation. You're at the mercy of whatever that otters wants to do. Totally. I don't really even know what you could do in that situation. I mean, really, I think she did the only thing that you have the opportunity to do. This attack took place near the Three Forks and Lewis and Clark Caverns, far from immediate assistance. After finally escaping the otter's grasp, Royce and her friends activated their iPhone's SOS feature, which I thought was interesting. My brother has that, and he's always asking me if I ever hear of stories where people use their iPhone SOS feature. Now you do. Yep, and it works, apparently. But because of how remote this location was, it took 50 minutes for rescuers to arrive. And this was an agonizing wait for them. I would imagine, you know, you have lacerations everywhere. You feel completely exposed. On top of that, you're totally wet. And now you're just waiting and not having any idea as to when these rescuers are going to come for you. Yeah, that's a good question. And maybe, you know, with this SOS feature, of course, I've never used it. But do you get some kind of confirmation that help is on the way? Or are they just kind of in limbo? Well, I think it's a like um, almost like a satellite phone call. So I think you would be on the phone with someone. But I don't know. Oh. A little bit further. Yeah. Um, so I think that you have... Okay. 
you know, the ability to speak to somebody and because of where it happened, there was just a, a little bit longer wait. I just think about the Jefferson river. Like what is the worst place on the river for something like this to happen in terms of access? And it was probably this area that you're describing at least, you know, in the parts of the river that I'm most familiar with. Right. Well, during this agonizing wait, Roy scrappled with fear and she had this thought that if she closed her eyes, that could be the end of her. She made some emotional preparations. She told her friends that she loved them. She asked them to watch over her children if she didn't make it. And again, would imagine that felt like eternity. And I, I can't imagine that they had any first aid supplies. So you're just literally sitting there bleeding and waiting for a rescue with your face all cut up, you know, your ear partly detached, mostly detached. Yeah. That would be very difficult. The arrival of paramedics brought a glimmer of hope with Royce expressing how seeing their lights felt incredibly reassuring. Royce with the most severe injuries was airlifted to a local hospital while her friends received treatment on site. All three women underwent rabies treatment as a precaution and Royce had surgery to address her injuries, including her partially torn earlobe that you mentioned. She had a bunch of puncture wounds on her extremities. And despite her trauma, she considers herself lucky and she's just grateful to be alive. Uh, As you probably know, Julie, otter attacks remain incredibly rare with fewer than 60 known cases that resulted in injury or fatalities worldwide since 1875. Wow. Not common. Very rare. So common. Yeah. Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks now advise visitors to be cautious of potential dangers posed by otters, especially when in close proximity to their young or food resources, which could be anywhere on the river, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff Ewalt, Executive Director of Zoo Montana, emphasized the importance of fighting back if confronted by an otter, especially when in the water, as they can be relentless in eliminating perceived threats. I mean, Royce's experience just serve as a reminder that we just need to be respectful of creatures in the outdoors. You never really know what animals will do when they feel threatened. Yeah. Know? So just, just for sake of curiosity, let's review what we've learned about uh, what to do with different animal attacks. So otter attack, fight back. We've talked before, black bear attack, make yourself big and fight back, be aggressive. Grizzly bear attack, do the opposite, act dead. Don't fight that. So counterintuitive. Yeah. Just lie there and hope for the best. What was the um, advice for cougars? Oh, you got to fight back. You want to make yourself look as big as possible. Loud noises can startle them off. Yeah. I think you just fight like hell if a mountain lion has you. So it sounds like the rule is just fight like hell. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That would be the worst. If I had to be attacked by any of those things, even though a mountain lion attack seems terrifying, I would say the grizzly bear would be the worst because it's counterintuitive to not do anything. You know, the bear is just going to be thrashing you around yeah, and you just have to lie there and pretend that you're dead. That would be so hard. Just uh, fight, flight, or freeze. You got to choose freeze. That's a hard choice. And now back a little bit to otters again. They typically are known for playful and amicable dispositions, but they have recently been involved in a series of unexpected and aggressive encounters with humans. These incidents have prompted inquiries to the cause behind these unusual events. Rabies could potentially play a role. It's essential to remember the otter attacks are relatively rare, um, but there are several factors that may contribute to the confrontations. So one of these incidents to mention is in Alaska, September of 21, 
where a group of violent river otters reportedly attacked adults, children, and dogs across Anchorage. Among the victims was nine-year-old boy named Aiden Fernandez, who was filming four otters in a duck pond with his brother. And suddenly one otter separated from the group and pursued Aiden, ultimately biting him on the legs, back, thigh, and foot. Oh, poor child. Yep. In another alarming case in 21, British native Graham George Spencer was attacked by a gang of otters in Singapore. He was walking in the Singapore Botanical Gardens with a friend, and Spencer encountered approximately 20 otters on a dimly lit path. So a jogger ran through the group, and the otters reacted aggressively. Spencer believed that they had mistaken him for the runner, and he became their target. And in a matter of seconds, he endured 26 bites across his legs, shoes, buttocks, and even a nip on his finger. So that terrifying experience illustrates the unpredictability of otter behavior. Wow, who would have guessed? Yeah, that's like something that you could not make up. A gang of 20 plus otter attacks in Singapore. The most crazy thing. Yeah, so many uh, thoughts running through my mind about what we could do with that information. <laughs> I know, right? It sounds like a uh, Pixar movie. Minus the attack part. Yes, it sounds like a movie. Yeah, it sounds like a made-up story. Researchers suggest that Spencer's assailants were part of a group of smooth-coated otters known as Zook family. They're characterized as the most human-tolerant otter family in Singapore. Um, in the U.S., records indicate 39 wild otter attacks between 1875 and 2010. 15 of those occurred in Florida alone, often involving otters with rabies. Um, these encounters typically result in minor injuries. Some have required extensive medical attention. Um, clearly, rabies-infected otters pose a greater risk. And again, like I mentioned before, there are different things that contribute to this increased aggression, including territorial instincts during breeding seasons, you know, human encroachment onto their habitats, and other environmental stressors that potentially are resultant to climate change. Um, but also they might resort to defensive behavior when they're perceiving thrust, they're young. But in any case, to reduce risk of otter encounters, even though, again, these are super rare, it's just something to be aware of. This actually happens, you know? So if you see some otters when you're out on the river, just be mindful. Um, so it starts out with just situational awareness, which you could say about any type of interaction with wildlife. And then avoiding alcohol, because you can imagine, okay, if you're under the influence and you're attacked by an otter, I can imagine that, first of all, you're going to bleed a lot more. Second of all, your instincts and your reflexes are going to be a lot slower. Yeah. So of course, respecting wildlife, which kind of goes without saying, and um, not leaving garbage and things around because that kind of stuff can attract animals. And another thing I was thinking about was carrying a whistle or something that could make a lot of noise might scare off an animal if you have the opportunity to create a sound. Good idea. And something that's river friendly. The Jefferson River incident stands as a good reminder to be cautious while recreating, especially during periods where there's a lot more human and animal interaction. I mean, think about how busy the Jefferson River is. So many people. So I would imagine that that could increase the incidence of it events like this, just because the otters are like, hey, people, back off. To change my little acronym that I use to remind me what animals are most uh, at risk for rabies, oh, which is barfs. Barfs. <laughs> Do you know what barf stands for? No. Nope. No. It's probably the <laughs> animal we most associate with rabies. Uh, bats? Yes. Bats. bats and raccoons. Foxes, skunks. 
barfs. Now it's gonna, we're gonna have to say, oh, barfs. Barfos. Or barfso, barfos. <laughs> you gotta slip an O in there somewhere because I'm, my radar is up for rabid otters now. Oh, barfs, I think is the best. Oh, barfs, there we go. Which is a good way of just thinking about how not fun it is to be bitten by any of those animals. Exactly. <laughs> okay. More recently, I want to say like within the last couple of weeks, I read a story about how the Montana Highway Patrol officer trooper um, by the name of Barb Armstrong um, responded to this incident. And she recently was awarded the Medal of Valor, which is the Highway Patrol's highest award for rescue. It recognizes her acts of heroism and bravery, knowingly exposing herself to obvious life-threatening peril or reacting to a situation without regard for personal safety to affect aid or rescue. Actually, that's interesting wording because it, it, it kind of encourages people to act without regard for their own safety, but still way to go, Barb. <laughs> way to go, Barb. Shout out to you, Barb. That's awesome. Recovery is underway for Royce, and I'm sure she's doing pretty well at this point. Of course, facial injuries heal pretty well. Injuries to her hands and fingers are going to require more time. And her journey to healing has taught her humility and the importance of accepting help from loved ones. Royce expressed her love and appreciation for her friends who endured the traumatic experience with her, hoping that they can collectively overcome the trauma and its haunting memories. If you'd like to show your support for Jen, who endured this harrowing otter attack, please check out the show notes for a donation link. Of course, every contribution brings her closer to her goal, and your support can make a significant difference in her recovery journey. Thank you for tuning in and supporting us at The Crux. We appreciate it if you follow our show. Please give us a rating and review or share it with a friend. That would be awesome. If you have any questions or comments or topic suggestions, Feel free to reach out to us via email at thecruxsurvival at gmail.com or connect with us on Instagram at the Crux Podcast. Another great way of supporting us is to repost our Instagram post on your stories. We are so thankful that you are here listening and we look forward to sharing more stories with you. Well, stay safe out there. That's like my motherly warning to everyone. Appropriate. <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody's got to be your mother, so I'm just... I'm just looking out for all y'all. You and I are good at after yeah. 15 years of practice. <laughs> exactly. We're not having children. Now we just know of all the bad things that can happen to you a little bit. You know, we have to warn everyone so they Knowledge you know. Power. Otter attacks, cougar attacks, all the things. Yeah. Attacks. Wells. Falls. Mines. <laughs> Wells. Caves. Oceans. Fires. Airplanes. Yeah, it's a big scary world out there. <laughs> We're not trying to breed fear, but thank you for being here and listening. We so much appreciate you. Have an awesome week.